Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumpte. Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Wednesday, July 6th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home. That has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us here. And uh, as we get into things, uh, saw some late breaking news this morning after we had kind of already built our topics for the day. And I want to congratulate the head coach, the legendary head coach at Jefferson High School for the baseball team, John Lowry Sr. Uh, we get the news earlier in the last, I believe, hour or so, he is going to be in the class of 2023 for the American Baseball. It's the ABCA Hall of Fame class of 2023. That will be on January 6th, the induction ceremony at the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville, Tennessee. Among the class of 2023, also Jerry Dawson, an Arizona high school coach, uh, California high school coach Dave Demarest, uh, a Arizona, another Arizona high school coach, Eric Kibler, Jesse, or excuse me, Jeff Messer, Slippery Rock, uh, baseball coach, Tim Saunders, Ohio high school coach, and then John Lowry Sr. And we all know the everybody in this area knows the accomplishments of John Lowry Sr. in 51 seasons. His teams have combined for 1,392 wins, 361 losses, and two ties. That is a 793 winning percentage winning at least 20 games for 45 straight seasons, making him the winningest high school baseball or high school coach of all time in the state of West Virginia. He's won a state best 12 state championships and finished runner up four times. Um, obviously congratulations to him and uh, we'll try to get him on here in the next couple of days or maybe even into next week to uh, talk about him getting into this Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, definitely well deserving of Going into the Hall of Fame, um, you know, an excellent career, uh, legendary career for him at Jefferson, and uh, not really as surprising that he gets this recognition uh, and definitely well-deserving of it. I agree. Huge uh, congratulations there to John Lowry Sr. for uh, being nominated into the, I believe it's the American Baseball Coaches Association, yes, I think is what, what is. I American saw, Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame here for the 2023 class, uh, deservingly so. He's the greatest coach in the state in uh, all sports, probably, on the high school level. Definitely a uh, argument there, so huge congratulations to him. Yeah, and he's a 45-year lifetime ABCA member and is the past president of the West Virginia Baseball Coaches Association and is a member of the WVBCA and National High School Coaches Association Hall of Fame as well. So the West Virginia Baseball Coach Association Hall of Fame, National High School Coaches Baseball Coach Association Hall of Fame, and now the American Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. So that uh, kind of just adds another one to uh, his legendary career. And again, congratulations to him. And we'll stick with baseball here as we'll talk Little League Baseball from last night and uh, two great games uh, between first one saw Martinsburg and Moorfield in the 
a District 6 10 to 12 year old tournament go at it. And Martinsburg getting the win 6 to 5, two runs in that fifth inning and able to close things out in the sixth inning. Uh, Nick, just a really good game by both teams, but for Martinsburg to battle back each time they were down. Yeah, I mean, you know, back and forth kind of game. Martinsburg uh, goes down 1 nothing, ties the game at 1, then takes a 4 1 a lead. Uh, Moorefield would battle back, though, to tie things up at four and uh, eventually take that 5-4 lead, and then Martinsburg would come back, as you mentioned, and get those final two runs to get the win. So, you know, a competitive ball game, a really fun uh, game, fun atmosphere to be a part of there at Oatesdale Park, and a great win for Martinsburg. You know, they are able to prevail, able to find a way to win that ball game last night and set themselves up now to represent this area in the state tournament along with Jefferson. Um, and I think they have a great chance to do do so against uh, Mineral County tonight. I think it's going to be another competitive game. Definitely could go back and forth. Uh, but I think a, a pretty impressive performance for this Martinsburg team uh, because it looked like early, like they were maybe going to pull away. And then it looked like maybe they had lost their, their I guess, energy to an extent. Uh, but then they would come back and, and eventually win that game. So good performance, great win. And uh, I think tonight's game, we expect to see more of that kind of baseball where it's an elimination game. There's a lot on the line. And uh, we'll see kind of the, the best of these two teams tonight. So looking forward to tonight's game as well. Yeah, definitely. And Donovan Nichols, two for three at the plate, two RBIs. Braylon Cole got the start for Martinsburg, three and two-thirds, four earned runs. Uh, eight in line comes in, one and one-third, allows two hits and a strikeout. Clayton Elliott comes in to close things out, allowing one hit, one walk, and one strikeout. And that's uh, that was the game there for Martinsburg. They advanced to the district six runner-up game tonight and they play mineral county as jefferson knocked off mineral county nine to three and jefferson will advance to the state tournament directly as the district six champion uh, but that game for a little bit there jefferson was uh faced up against tougher competition than it really hadn't seen yet yeah uh they went down two nothing yeah last night so a two-run home run uh by maddox twig of mineral county you know, puts them on the board first, and that was the first time Jefferson had faced a deficit so far in the Little League uh, competition. Um, but that deficit didn't last very long. Five runs there in the bottom half of the first uh, for Jefferson. They take the 5-2 advantage, and Jacob Hutchinson has an excellent performance on the mound. Nine strikeouts there in four innings, Uh able to help lead Jefferson to that win. Andy Roberts hits a home run. And here is that home run, Nick, that you had the call for last night. Twig delivers on 3-2. Roberts lifts this one into center field, and that one is way out of here for a home run. Jefferson 6, Mineral County 2. Andy Roberts with a big blast to center field. And that one was right out of there. It literally was out of there in like two seconds. Yeah, I mean, that was a shot. The one that Maddox Twig hit was a shot, too. So, uh, you know, great piece of hitting. Uh, and Jefferson ends up closing that out. Mason Lowry does a good job to get those final two innings on the mound and uh, help them get that 9-3 to win. So, 
Jefferson, again, they look like a, a pretty formidable team here moving forward. I think they have a great chance at coming away with another state championship, but we haven't seen the other teams yet. But no, it, it definitely looks like they have the talent at least to do so. Um, so a very impressive win. And brackets are starting to, as these district tournaments have happened and are happening as we speak this, this week and last week, because uh, not all districts need to have an area tournament. Right. It just easier to split up District 6 in two areas because District 6 is a rather large portion that is a lot of distance between each one. So might as well not have a longer tournament for the district tournament in one place and just have two separate tournaments then go to the district tournament that's just you know two days long and three games total uh so they do know their first game jefferson does that'll be friday february or excuse me february <laughs> july 15th at oatsdale park at field one seven thirty p.m against the district eight champion in Summersville. we'll have that game for you as we will have the local teams in the state tournament that's going to be held right here in Martinsburg. But they will face Summersville, the District 8 champion. And then whoever wins the game tonight will be the District 6 runner-up, and they will play the District 2 champion, Logan, um, two hours prior to that game. So July 15th on field two at 530. Uh, So brackets are starting to come out there for the state tournament so martinsburg mineral county doing battle tonight in what uh should be another very good ball game they would the winner of that will face logan the district two champion at the state tournament and this is they're going back to the old way of the state champ the state tournament where you qualify the state or the district champion and the runner-up they had changed that for uh the 20 i believe 2019 and through last year so now they're going back to adding two, having two teams. Yeah, I think that's you know a fair way to do it. Um, and we'll see who who ends up being that other team here out of District Six tonight. We will, and uh, we'll get in to recap some Legion baseball action. We weren't there last night, uh, but a great game by uh, the Berkeley Post fourteen Hornets. They got a. Eight nothing win over Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, post fifteen, and uh, what was a completely dominant five innings by Trevor Bohr on the mound. Five innings, two hits, no runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Jason Myers got the two inning save, allowing no hits and five strikeouts. Trevor Bohr in five innings only threw seventy six pitches, and then two innings for Jason Myers had twenty six. Uh, but it was a heck of a night at the plate for Jack Risenweber. Uh, the Martinsburg graduate and playing his ball at the University of Charleston. He went four for four with a triple. Colin Reed, the designated hitter yesterday, went two for three with three RBIs. And uh, uh, Baden Harmon, one for four with an RBI. Uh, Cayman Gonzalez, one for four with an RBI. Connor Bailey, two for four with an RBI. And Landon Siffert, two for two with a walk. And Jackson Ruest, two for three with an RBI. So, not only did they get good pitching yesterday, great pitching, but they also got good hitting yesterday. And that's what uh, we've really been waiting for from this Berkeley post-14 both. team is that combination. They've had the great hitting all throughout the season, but it seemed like at the start they really lacked consistency there pitching-wise, and it seems like they finally found that stride. So hopefully that continues and uh, along with uh, success for the Hornets as well. Yeah, and they are looking at the uh, state rankings, I believe. I'm not sure if all teams, or it looks like a bunch. I don't know if all teams for the 
uh, West Virginia American Legion baseball teams are in here. But looking at the state right now, um, you've got the Parkersburg team. They're 20-6 and six in a Wheeling Post 118 team. Or I believe it's Wheeling Post 18. Wheeling Post 1, 18U is what I see. 19 and 9. Berkeley Post 14, 14 and 6. Uh, Post 94. Not sure where they're out of, to be completely honest. They currently sit at 11 and 4. And then Post 177 is 7 and 3, 9 and 5. For Post 68, Lincoln Post um, 111. They are 9 and 9. So Martinsburg, or excuse me, this Berkeley Post 14 team in that top half of the state. Uh, when it comes to uh, the rankings so far this year, which bodes well for going into July and into the state tournament if they can get past. I believe they'll pay a, play a best two out of three against Potomac Valley for the area tournament. Uh, but they're back in action tonight uh, against Warrington, Virginia, post 72, 7 p.m. So back-to-back games for them. Now, they're no stranger to that when they have the weekend tournaments, uh, but a midweek back-to-back, I believe, for the first time this season. That's how baseball goes. But, yeah, they just hadn't played any midweek back-to-back games all season. So it'll be a test for them tonight. And then Saturday, Sunday's game still up in the air, still waiting to hear from Triptobin, who is on vacation right now, what they're doing for that game. Uh, but then next Wednesday there will be a doubleheader against Potomac Valley Post 64 at P.O. Faulkner Park 5 and projected 7 p.m. I believe they're seven inning games. Um, and then the rest of their schedule goes Friday the 15th. They're at Kingwood. Saturday the 16th they're at Wheeling, and then I believe it's a tournament there. Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and then Saturday they're a post. They're playing post forty-five, and then the best two out of three supposedly sometime that next week. Not sure. Uh, depends on where we're at with little league if we will be able to broadcast those games as a little league tournament. If teams from the area stretch all the way to the end, we'll go the fifteenth to the twentieth. Uh, but that's a look right now at post fourteen. And tomorrow we'll take a look a little bit more at this Martinsburg Blue Sox team here in the area. Uh, got a text last night from the manager, Scott Jenkins, and uh, haven't been able to cover them on the show as much as we have wanted to. Uh, just was out of town when we were when I got the number for Scott Jenkins, and now we'll talk about them tomorrow a little bit. Uh, but that'll do it for this first segment of the show today, brought to you in part by... Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we will talk some NBA. Uh, Lakers have signed a former Wizards center. Rudy Gobert has been traded because has been traded. We totally glossed over that the last few days. And then uh, Chet Holmgren's summer league debut yesterday. He's looking pretty good. Talk about that and much more when we come back after this 60-second break. Or two-minute break, excuse me. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. 
Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. At Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths, we ensure your home is both beautiful and functional. We've been taking care of our neighbors for over 25 years. We specialize in kitchen and bathroom remodeling from start to finish from design until installation. Whether it's countertops, cabinets, backsplashes, or full baths, we've got you covered. Custom work done with care. We are Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix for your July 6, 2022. Spencer Winnick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop hanging out with you today. Comments on the Facebook page, A.R. Emmert. Good afternoon, fellas. Good to see the crew is at full staff. High school football is a little more than seven weeks away. It's creeping up on us. Good afternoon to them, too. It's creeping up on us. I'm looking forward to it. should be a great season. I am as well. And uh, we'll have more to come on that. Looking for some cool things during the uh, August camps. We're still trying to lay down some guidelines for what we're doing there. But uh, we can announce it. I would like to announce it. should be fun. Uh, the Lakers signed former Wizards center Thomas Bryant to a one-year deal. We talked yesterday with Andrew Gillis, NBC Sports Washington, about the Wizards. And he said Thomas Bryant was basically out the door. Yeah, so not surprising here. Um it goes back to the team that drafted him in the Lakers. Uh, and Thomas Bryant is a productive guy when he's healthy. The issue is he just hasn't really been healthy. Yeah. Um, so as a Wizards fan, you know, I like Thomas Bryant when he was on the floor, was a good contributor. But I don't think this is a huge loss for the team. Um, this is a decent pickup, I think, for the Lakers if he can be healthy. Uh but it, it's a guy that's really struggled with that throughout his career. So that's the big question mark on Bryant. You know, he has the ability to stretch the floor a little bit uh, and shoot from the perimeter. Mainly a, a good shot blocker, good defender, um, you know, solid low post presence. Uh, but I, I don't think this is a huge loss for the Wizards. They kind of had a log jam there at center anyway with Daniel Gafford, Bryant, and Christoph Porzingis. So. Losing uh, Bryant isn't the end of the world, but um, you're definitely a solid player, d- decent addition, I think, for the Lakers. Definitely. I think it's a good pickup for the Lakers because uh, it gives them another guy to put at center with uh, Anthony Davis liking to play power forward. Uh, and Thomas Bryant, you can once he's on the floor, you know, if he's healthy, he has some defensive deficiencies that you hope can be covered up by playing next to a guy like Anthony Davis, who has been in the conversation for defensive player of the year as a big man in the past. So 
I, it's you know veteran minimum contract, I believe. So it's a pretty harmless signing, low risk, possibly high reward if he stays on the court and gives you a lot on offense. I don't really have anything other than it's going to be a lot of pressure, obviously. You're playing with the uh, Lakers, LeBron's there, and also team just missed the playoffs, so that's an added pressure on trying to get that uh, historic franchise back into the playoffs, so it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that. Definitely will be, and now let's transition to a trade that kind of that happened, what this happened on Friday after the show, and obviously didn't have a show until yesterday, and a lot more to talk about. We just kind of glossed over it yesterday and going through the topics, but the Utah Jazz have traded center Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves. That'll pair him with all-star big Carl Anthony Towns. The Timberwolves send Malik uh, Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, and Loren, Lorando Balarmo, the twenty twenty or the twenty-two overall pick Walker Kessler, and four first-round picks to the Jazz. Uh, Utah will acquire unprotected picks in 2023, 2025, and 2027, and a top five protected pick in 2029, sources have said. And uh, that's a mega deal right there. I think this is a terrible move for Minnesota. I mean, you're giving up a ton for a lackluster offensive player, a very good defensive player, obviously. You know, what is it, three, four-time defensive player of the year for Rudy Gobert? Uh but I think that's a ton to give up for a guy that's not going to give you very much on offense. And also, I'm not sure how he fits on this team because, I mean, Cat is a center power forward. I know Cat has expanded his game. He's became a, a much better three-point shooter. He claims he's the best three-point shooting big man. And, and there's definitely an argument to be said there. But, I mean, I think it, it still is – I don't know how they'll work together really – that well i think it causes maybe a little bit of a spacing issue so it's definitely a weird trade i think from the timberwolves perspective and for the jazz perspective if they're not going into a rebuild and trading donovan mitchell so well i'm very confused by this trade i was pretty surprised by it uh especially the amount of you know assets that the jazz got in return and it definitely sets up you know what would a guy like kevin durant demand if if that's what rudy gobert is demanding i'm a little higher on the move for minnesota because i do think this is going to make them a really good regular season team uh rudy gobert and carl anthony towns towns likes to play out in the perimeter a lot like he does shoot a lot of three-pointers he's really good at it and they basically just decided that he's not good enough defensively to play center uh, so they need someone who can protect the rim. Ru- Rudy Gobert can give you, you know, a pick-and-roll option. Uh, he shoots a really high percentage uh, on offense. He's just very low usage. You can't, he's not a whole lot of different things he can do on offense. But it gives you a, another guy who can, I mean, three-time, two-time, whatever it is, defensive player of the year who can rim protect. Some people might uh, have argued that Utah's problems in the playoffs was because they didn't have any perimeter defenders around uh, Gobert. And they had guys like Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and Bogdanovich who were not very good perimeter defenders. So if you were surrounded with guys like Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards and other guys that they're bringing off the bench, Kyle Anderson, that hopefully that can fix that playoff issue. I still am not – I'm still – skeptical on how this works in the playoffs 
but I do think that they can make them a really good regular season team that can finish, you know, fifth seed in the Western Conference, especially if Anthony Edwards takes a leap like he did. Uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic it can make them a good regular season team. Maybe it gets them to the second round of the Western Conference playoffs, but not so much past that. And then from the Jazz perspective, I mean, you get all those picks for a guy that uh, you weren't getting anywhere past maybe the first round of the playoffs for. That's Maybe you flip them for another asset or multiple assets to surround them with Donovan Mitchell, or you just well, blow it up. That's what's happening now. So Donovan Mitchell, I guess, in the last couple of days has tweeted a cryptic tweet. This was actually this morning. At 8.39 in the morning, build you up to tear you down. So what's going on there? Do you think they move him and just blow it up and start all over? Or yeah, are they what? actually going to build around him? I mean, he would have pretty good trade value. I mean, he averaged the last two seasons. He's averaged about 26 points a game and about four and a half rebounds. Yeah, that's that's the whole key to this. What's going on in Utah? Just like uh, Brian Windhorst uh, said on ESPN. Uh, I think that Donovan Mitchell, if he plays... This upcoming season on the Jazz, it'll probably be his last one. I think that he's got one foot out the door. And even though he didn't get along with Rudy Gobert, and that's the way that they're, you know, they've gotten rid of him, I don't think he's going to be around for a rebuild. They traded Royce O'Neal, one of the better players and one of his better friends on the team, for a straight up first round pick to Brooklyn. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that if Brooklyn completes a trade for Kevin Durant and gets assets from that that they then look to Utah and try to trade for Donovan Mitchell, which would be an interesting trade because they would have to move Ben Simmons in a trade for Donovan Mitchell to Utah or another team due to the CBA rules in the NBA about uh, contract max contract extensions off of rookie deals. So something to look out for, for sure. Hey, Nick, what's what's going on in Utah? <laughs> What's your take? I I think they're going into a rebuild, I, I think, because I don't know who they could really acquire besides KD, and I don't think KD would end up in Utah. No. So, you know, I, it seems like they're going into a rebuild. I don't see – I mean, there's just so many things that point to Donovan Mitchell on his way out, even though they said they're not trading Donovan Mitchell. Quinn Snyder leaving the team – you know, Dylan mentioned the Royce O'Neal trade and now this latest trade uh, with moving on from Rudy Gobert. It seems to me like this is going to be a rebuilding team. They got a new head coach. Uh, you know, they're acquiring future assets um, to build a younger team. So to me, I, I don't see Donovan Mitchell playing this season in, with the Jazz. Uh, I don't think he'd want to play there. And he's definitely a player that I think teams would be interested in, whether it be, you know, the Miami Heat, Brooklyn, I think could be a landing spot. I think, uh, you know, the teams Knicks. like that, the Knicks could be a landing spot. Um, so there's definitely got to be interest for a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who is an all-star caliber guard that even though his team hasn't done well in the playoffs, he's usually put on some great performances. So, I think he's definitely a guy that you got to look to to move, I think, if you're the Jazz, because I don't see them going anywhere this season. I don't think he'll want to stay there long term. And there's been whispers about the Knicks have, uh, having preparing their godfather offer to the Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. So I think Does it if, involve Jalen Brunson? 
Uh, <laughs> I think it's probably everyone but RJ and Brunson, if I had to guess. So I think within the next 12 months, if not the next three or four months, I think uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to be playing in New York. Interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, now we'll get to the final topic of this segment. We're staying kind of in Utah, but not with the Utah Jazz. Uh, the Utah, the Salt Lake City Summer League has begun. Uh, did not was not aware there was a summer league in Salt Lake City. I thought it was only in Vegas. I always forget about it. There was an Orlando one. I don't even know if they do that one anymore. They might that might have been what Salt Lake City replaced. I don't Could've know. Been. But uh, OKC Thunder rookie Chet Holmgren is has dazzled so far in this debut last night 23 points a an nba summer league record for blocks and threes in a game as well uh this could mean good things i mean obviously it's good to shine in summer league to show this is what i can do but obviously when you play against the the veterans it's going to change some things you're not going to be able to dominate like you did against the other rookies and undrafted free agents and other guys in the g league and such but this could be could be big for Chet Holmgren's career. This is really what I stuck around to talk about. All right, I'm an Oklahoma City fan. It started when Kevin Durant went. I there. I thought you were a Celtics fan. No, I'm the Celtics no, fan. That's just Colin. You have a Celtics hat. I swear. I probably do. I mean, I have a, a lot of hats. Hat I, this right is now. this is a Clippers hat I have on right now. It's the Kawhi Leonard logo on the Clippers logo. Interesting. I have a lot of hats. But right. the main hat that I wear is Oklahoma City fan, and I was ecstatic when they got the second pick, and it was rumored that the Orlando Magic were not going to pick Chet Holmgren because Chet, to me, is he's a unicorn. He's just unreal. That, that la- stat line he had from last night, 23 points on 7 of 9 shooting, 7 rebounds, 6 blocks, 4 assists in 23 minutes. It was just incredible to watch. He was just pulling up, dribble. He was t- taking the ball up the floor at seven foot one. And just pulling up from three and shooting threes over Taco Fall. And then going on the other end and blocking Taco Fall for one of his six blocks. Uh, He hit four three-pointers. At least two of them were pull-ups, all from the top of the key. He just, he moves so smooth for a guy that's his size. It's just kind of ridiculous to watch him dribble the ball up the court. It is, it's going to be very exciting. Him and uh, Poku, the Thin thin Towers. Him and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Lou Dort. Josh Giddey. It's going to be a fun team. Probably not a good team, but a fun team to watch. Yeah, it seemed like it was a uh, fun night for him last night, as Dylan just mentioned. In 23 minutes, putting up numbers like that. Granted, it's the summer league, but 23 minutes, you go into a full NBA game, what's his numbers going to be like? So it seems like there's a uh, lot of promise in Chet Holmgren. So going to have to watch him again tonight if we don't have any uh, Little League baseball going on. Whoa, we're supposed to have Little League Baseball. We're going to have Little League Baseball. Don't say if here. It's the weather. You know, you never know. But my favorite part of uh, last night was uh, the quote that Chet gave after the game where he was told that six blocks was a summer league record, and he said, that's a record? I'm going to break it again. (laughs) (laughs) He is. uh, He's very confident. I know that uh, I think he said something like, he's better than LeBron already or something like that. I don't know. Uh, But he... he, Won't hear me arguing. I mean, we'll we'll see. Uh, I definitely like his game. You know, he he definitely has a unique skill set, like Dylan mentioned. Uh, kind of reminds you a little bit of KD. I think honestly, I mean, the way he was making those threes looked like KD. Yeah. So and KD probably is seven foot. Even so that means he he's going to leave OKC as well eventually. <laughs> we don't need to go that that far. Well, everybody right? leaves OKC. Yeah, eventually, obviously, eventually. You know, they don't. 
they don't win, win unfortunately for Dylan but um they do have you know a nice young core there and, and there's some excitement I think building again uh with the thunder I think this time though hopefully they're able to manage it a little bit better because I mean they had three MVPs on their team and you know traded James Harden away and it, it didn't really work out so we'll see if it works out this time for the thunder there's Nick's final word on that one. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not so supply and store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living is family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, MLB, Jeff Passan uh, wrote an interesting article that's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, is the dying, the dying breed of starting pitchers throwing harder but less pitches counts for starters have... Pitch counts for starters have uh, cratered to an average of 84.4, 10 or fewer than the standard for decades. We'll get into that and talk a little other baseball next after this two-minute break or tune in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. The excitement of Little League Baseball is rounding third, and we're set to bring you all the action. Join us for the area, district, and state tournament on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. This one poked out to deep right center field, and that one is out of here for a home run. That one is a solo shot for Aiden Horowitz, and that will put it at 12-2. The area tournament begins June 24th through the 28th. Districts are July 5th through the 6th, and states are the 15th through the 17th. Advanced technology, compassionate care. That's what you get with WV Medicine General Surgery. Our expert team of board-certified surgeons at WV Medicine Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center combines state-of-the-art technology with patient-centered medical care. With three convenient locations, WV Medicine General Surgery offers a variety of robotic and laparoscopic surgery options featuring revolutionary treatments resulting in better surgical outcomes and quicker recoveries. For appointments, call 304-596-2150. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Wednesday, July 6th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Brunick for his leaning column, McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop hanging out with you today. And uh, we'll talk some MLB, uh, just the overall aspect of MLB. Jeff Passan of ESPN wrote an article, or I guess more of a, maybe potentially opinion piece? 
Op-ed? Op-ed? Uh, I don't have ESPN Plus, so I couldn't read the whole thing. <laughs> but but you- I got the gist. Let's <laughs> <laughs> pay walls. <laughs> dying over here. Somebody could have just started. Nick, you could have just started taking over. Uh, quote, the dying. It's a dying breed, and then it sucks. The decline of the Good starting segue. pitcher. You went from dying into the dying breed. And what it means for baseball's future. Obviously, we see that a lot of pitchers are you know, pitching 80-some-odd pitches and finishing the game. You see especially a lot of guys going four or five innings with 80-something pitches, and they're out of the game. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, different. And it's kind of been a trend, I feel like, for a few years, but now it's, you know, at an all-time high, I guess, uh, pitchers throwing less innings and starting pitching really being irrelevant in, in, in some ways because teams are using, you know, different strategies whether it be a bullpen guide an opener uh through the first you know three innings and then using the rest of your bullpen and it's definitely weird and the article starts with an interview with alex manoa who pretty much is saying like i can take it you know i can go a whole season i'm 6'6 280 pounds you know i'm built for this in, in, in some ways uh but teams are limiting his innings or the blue jays are limiting his innings and limiting his pitch count and it doesn't really necessarily prevent the injuries because you know there's still i think the article said 100 million dollars have been lost already this season with player pitchers on the il so guys are still getting injured despite this uh approach and to me it's kind of i don't think it's ruining baseball but i think it's hurting i guess the value of the starting pitcher the value of the the ace and kind of taking away from what was at one point you know you would see pitchers pitch complete games almost every game you know back in like the 70s and 80s and i know a lot has changed since then in terms of how fast the guys are pitching and arm health and stuff like that but i think it's important to see a starting pitcher, I guess, go deep into a ball game. And it seems like nowadays it's really not important. And I think it's, it's kind of a negative for baseball in that, in that perspective. Yeah, it wouldn't go as far as say it's ruining the game of baseball, but I can see uh, why we think that you want to have a good starting pitcher who can, and lots of them that can go deep in the games. But I suppose there's evolving science on, you know, how, to try to prevent injuries and i see you know sometimes injuries are just luck based sometimes there's bad luck uh you get like you get you know and looking at a different sport you can look at the team like the ravens and have all their injuries that they had last year sometimes it's just a stroke of bad luck so that's always possible that it's uh a result of that but at the same time you want to talk about something that's ruining baseball the shift i'm glad they're getting rid of getting rid of the shift well that's an interesting that's coming up and i think not next maybe next year the year after i think it might be 2024 20 i can't remember yeah, what it's in. Or something yeah like that. uh but we talk about that and then you talk about a somebody who's the total opposite of what the pitching is becoming is somebody that's older who made his return last night to the bigs after rehabbing from i believe it was an oblique injury in max scherzer he returned to the mets rotation last night he struck out a season high 11 on just 79 pitches um, and I believe let's see, let me see what he went. He did go six innings, but he obviously they're trying to get it working back up. So he's a guy that's going to normally go one one ten, you know ninety to one ten on any given start. But for him to have success like that in his first game back, eleven strikeouts, two hits allowed in six innings, 
on 79 pitches. That's what old that's what the pitchers of the old are. That's what they're referring to in this article as dying is pitchers like Max Scherzer. It's guys that used to pitch to contact. Now it's guys that go for strikeouts so you see the lengthy at bats. That's why it's guys getting yanked at 80 70 80 pitches there in the 4th or 5th. It's because you got guys that are throwing 25 30 pitches in an inning and you used to never see that i don't think anything's really changed other than that major fact is all these starting pitchers want strikeouts instead of pitching to contact and relying on the defense behind them you still got some great starting pitchers in the mlb right now you just mentioned scherzer manoa could possibly be the al cy young you got great guys that are still injured in Strasburg and DeGrom I mean and you know uh, uh, Scherzer last night he knew coming in he definitely talked with Mets manager Buck Showalter how many pitches he was going to get his pitch limit last night was most likely 80 because he's coming back from the injury so they're trying to work him back up but you know when he came out of the inning when he finished that sixth inning he wanted to go back out you know Max Scherzer wanted to do that he wanted to continue pitching because he says he felt great so but you also got to realize when you're making a playoff push, you need to save the guy's arms because in the playoffs, that starting pitching rotation means so much when it's a seven-game series or even in the wild card. One of the big reasons why the Nationals got that World Series was because of that starting pitching rotation and how much depth they had in it, being yeah. four or five deep. And, you know, I was looking back earlier today. I don't know what sparked Rob and I having this discussion about pitchers. Uh, But I was looking back at Max Scherzer's innings because we were talking about, who was it? Some guy from the 80s or 70s who would throw 300 innings. He was a knuckleball thrower, about the most average pitcher you would see. Uh, I think his career record was literally like 361 and 355 or something. Uh I was looking back at Max Scherzer's numbers. The year he won the, they they won the World Series, he pitched 24 innings in the playoffs, but he pitched like uh, 50 less innings in the regular season because he was hurt. So he had a stint on the IL which helped them, which you wonder if he had pitched to regular strength all year, pitched that normal amount of innings, would he have hit something in the playoffs? Like would he have hit a wall? Exactly. I don't know. I I think it's important I think even in the playoffs, though, we're not really seeing guys go as long. So I don't know if saving for the playoffs is is the thing. And I just I wonder what's causing this. Is it maybe uh, you know little league and high school pitch counts maybe being too high? I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like we're not seeing guys going very deep in the games. And it used to be that guys would throw complete games all the time. I mean, I know it hasn't been that way for a while, but still I feel like you're, you're just getting less out of your starting pitchers nowadays than what we used to. And it's becoming, you know, less important for those guys to throw a lot of innings. And, and now it's like you, you got to rely on the bullpen so much. And I think it, it, takes away from having those great pitching performances you know we saw Clayton Kershaw having a perfect game and get pulled out because they're worried about his pitch count so you know those those historic moments are being taken away now I feel like it's all the trauma of all the guys that have uh, had to have Tommy John surgery in the past yeah 
Yeah. Uh, it used to not be that way, though. There used to not be Tommy John so much, and now it's like every pitcher and has pitchers back in the day, they used to pitch with no rest. True too. <laughs> I don't even know how they did that. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kept Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap up today's edition of the Sports Mix. A lighter topic that is not necessarily your regular sports topic. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday uh, where we had Andrew Gillis on. Didn't have that free segment. We'll talk about it. An American hero. American greatest of all time, an athlete or not an athlete, Joey Chestnut, winner of the hot dog champion eating contest championship for, what, 15 years straight? And he did it on on Monday with a broken leg or broken ankle, and he had to fight off some protester. We'll get into that when we wrap things up next on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Tom, I hit your car with a softball. Did you throw it or hit it off the tee? Off the tee. Whoa, good hit, kid. Good thing we know Cody from Cody's Auto Body. I'll text him now. Oh, Kenna, I heard you hit your mom's window with a softball. Good hit. Keeps me in business. We can get you in lickety-split. No Hey, that's a bad word. Shut up, kid. We won't drop the ball on your car. Every repair is a grand slam. Bring your car to Cody's Auto Body. As always, it's Cody's with a T for trust. Hey, you can't say that. I'm Matthew Foldy, and I approve this message. Paid for by Matthew Foldy for Congress. This is Governor Larry Hogan. One-party government in Washington is hurting Americans across the country. Inflation is out of control. Crime is on the rise. People are fed up. That's why it's essential that we elect strong, common-sense conservatives to Congress. Conservatives like Matthew Foldy. Matthew Foldy represents a new generation of conservative leadership. He fought with us to take on the one-party monopoly in Annapolis, and I trust him to hold the career Washington politicians accountable. Matthew Foldy gets results. As a conservative investigative reporter, he exposed corruption across the federal government. He will bring honesty and integrity to Washington while making sure our voice is heard. So please join me in supporting Matthew Foldy for Congress in Maryland's 6th Congressional District. Early voting runs from July 7th to July 14th, and election day is July 19th. Learn more at www.matthewfoldy.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your July 6, 2022, brought to you in part by the Marius Group. And Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Spencer Buenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop hanging out with you today. We'll have Little League action tonight at 7 p.m., 6.50 pregame as uh, uh, Martinsburg Little League will play Mineral County for the District 6 runner-up. And that 
team will qualify for the state tournament next week and just got interesting an interesting email uh from uh chris strovel the dad of martinsburg player willie strovel uh brayden laffey is a player from mineral county and he is the son of aaron laffey who won 26 games in the majors for several teams from 2005 to two, or 2007 to 15 he's originally from cumberland maryland so uh, pretty cool information there. Thanks to uh, Chris Strobel for sending that over. Didn't know that. Uh, but now we'll talk about a lighter sports topic, and some people consider it sports. Uh, Joey Chestnut wins his 15th in a row hot dog eating contest on July 4th at, uh, where is this at again? Coney, Coney, Island. Coney Island. Coney Island. I couldn't Nathan's hot dogs. Nathan's hot dogs. Uh, not only did he have a broken foot, but he had to battle a protester that somehow got beyond everything and was trying to mess up everybody he put him in like a chokehold and threw him on the ground i don't even think the guy was like a real protester i think it was just a dude no he was a a meme i heard i saw an interview with him yesterday with uh chestnut and it was a uh it was a protester well i just mean that like i don't think the guy was like actually protesting protesting something about the death he's a vegan no, he's a vegan. Is that what it was? Something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I tried to look up the thing that he had written on his sign. It didn't seem like it was like I, nothing came up. He just thought he was a dude in a Darth Vader mask trying to pull off a meme. But anyway, yeah. before we get into uh, Chestnut real quick, it has to be said, free my boy Kobayashi. We've missed out on 12 straight years of Kobayashi versus Chestnut because he was banned from the competition because he didn't want to sign an exclusive contract and then he went to the first one that he wasn't allowed to compete in he tried to get up on stage and shake joe chestnut's hand and they they said no you're not allowed they tackled him the security did and then he was banned from the competition free kobayashi well joey chestnut is an athlete uh for his performance and he's now has the most championships in a single competition like an individual single competition ever in any sport. 15 is more than anybody else. Nobody has done that in like an individual single competition. So, I mean, we're talking about the greatest athlete of all time here, Joey Chestnut. And, you know, once a year, he has all of our attention That's for 10 funny. minutes. And then we forget about him. No, nobody else is must-watch television like Joey Chestnut Well, is. apparently, as Colin said earlier before the show... It wasn't much watched television. It was to ESPN. Well, ESPN on the Fourth of July. I thought it was a shame, even though it's the Wimbledon. I know it's a Grand Slam there for tennis. It's July Fourth, and Wimbledon in England is on ESPN, and not the National Hot Dog Eating Contest that gets bumped to ESPN News. Disgraceful. Yeah, most Do people better don't even ESPN. have ESPN. This is America. I was watching that broadcast, and I truly said to myself, this is the most American piece of television that is, it is. even possible, the hot dog eating contest. And you put it on ESPN News. And we're talking about an all-time great athlete in Joey Chestnut. He's on the Mount Rushmore of athletes for sports. He should be. If, it, if he's not on yours, fix it. Yeah. He's an American hero, and I'm he's keeping this country together. He is a great guy, greatest of all time in Major League Eating, uh, but there's a there's a section for that. Who's the MLG? Great. He's not on there. Why not? Maybe Ninja should be. I mean, but does Ninja have 15 rings? No. In no. this case. No. I don't know. And Ninja's not even the best, probably. He's just no. the most famous. 
That is very true, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, we'll be on for Little League District 6 runner-up game action, 7 p.m. first pitch between Martinsburg and Mineral County with a 6.50 pregame show. If that gets changed, we'll keep you updated on social media. For Dylan Bishop, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Puy saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey.